Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And in today's Conversations with Healers podcast, I have one of my longest and dearest friends, Rita Maximilian. And um, she's a yoga and meditation teacher. She is an Institute of Integrative, Integrative Nutrition Health Coach. And she's going to tell you all about it. But I just want to say welcome, Rita. Thank Super you so much. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank and I want to I wanna tell everyone about you and our connection and all of that, but I, um, I'm going to hold off and I will start with you. So tell us about you. Tell us about what you do right now and how you got here. Tell us everything. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much, Damla, for having me. I'm very excited. As you mentioned, we are really dear friends and we have known each other for quite some time. Um, uh, I am currently, as you mentioned, I teach yoga and meditation, and I also have recently become a health coach um, with the Institute of Integrative um, Nutrition, and I have been practicing that as well with individuals and also in group settings also. And um, my story, well, if you want to start to tell how we met, we could even almost go there. Um, I will stop my story when I get to you. <laughs> Um, I'm originally from Hungary. I was born in Hungary and when I finished my undergrad, I got a scholarship to come to the U.S. and I went to the George Washington University and I completed a master's degree in international education policy. And then when I finished that, uh, since I was working for the university and my first master's was a scholarship, so I didn't really have to pay for it, I figured that I'm going to study more. And um, I started while I was working full time, I started uh, studying MBA, an MBA program, uh, full time MBA as well. And that's sort of where our paths met at the university. And uh, completing that, I was working in uh, business development at different companies. And uh, at some point by then, in the early 2000s, I had been practicing yoga for quite some time. And uh, I felt that I needed to do something that I can give back. My last job, I was working for an energy consulting firm and uh, I did not enjoy my job very much. And I didn't feel that I had impact on people's life, not positive impact that I would like to see. And decided to embark on our uh, yoga training um, together, which you can also talk about. And um, we did our intensive yoga teacher training and uh, in 2009. And then soon after I started, I quit my job for that. And then I started teaching yoga pretty much immediately um, in the DC area. 
and uh, ended up buying the studio <laughs> with my husband um, where we did our training. We did our 200 hour training with Yoga Works, which is um, based in California and New York. And I really liked the program, so I wanted to do the 300 hour as well, but nobody was offering in the area. So my solution was like, let's buy the studio. <laughs> Let so we can see it and we can bring the <laughs> which we did. So I completed that. And then soon after I got pregnant and decided to sell the studio, we moved to the suburbs and um, had my baby. And there were breaks there with teaching, teaching yoga. Um, and then uh, I had a health issue and there were other breaks there. And in about... Now, a year and a half, two years ago, I was thinking of going back to corporate work because when you live in the DC area, this is like the whole ego thing is <laughs> that you want to have that title, you want to have this and that. And I did uh, have a couple of interviews, but the takeaway for me, even though the jobs were actually very interesting, but I would not have been able to make it logistically viable for our family. Uh, my son is six, um, mostly I'm with him. My husband travels a lot, so um, it was not really something that I would want to give up to be with him. He's my only child. And so after a couple of interviews and just some introspection, um, a friend of mine just came to me that they are opening a new studio in the area. Why don't I go to teach? And I uh, went there, I met the people, and then I started to teach again. So like now I built up my uh, group classes, um, uh, teach uh, eight classes a week while my son is in school. I have private students and um, I don't even want to look back. <laughs> and then <laughs> since then I have become a health coach as well. So it was a really good decision of following my heart. And then we might even touch upon that, that how often we feel that we're getting steered away from who we are and what we should do and what our passion and even talent lies because of societal pressures, because of, you know, you have gone down on a path and sometimes it's hard to see how you can veer and pivot, pivot from there to a different direction. And um, I like working people who are in similar situations like me because I had this experience of really choosing a path where I feel that I can give back, I can contribute, it's coming from my heart, it's very authentic. And uh, I feel that a lot of people are searching for that. And, uh, and it's not unattainable. There are ways that you can get there. And so um, I'm extremely excited to be doing what I'm doing. I am blessed to meet people that I meet. Um, a lot of like-minded people. I learn every single day. I never want to learn. I'm already thinking of what I'm going to do next. <laughs> and just keep incorporating life experiences, school experiences, and then everything else that sort of comes along. Okay. I love it. I love, I love the, the pivoting example. Like you sort of, you're not necessarily um, like putting everything you've done to that point into trash, but you're like, okay, like I have all this experience. How can I use this in a way that's more meaningful for me and others? Which brings me to, I want to go all the way back to the masters because that's where we met. I was doing my MBA and you were as well. And we, we met um, through a common uh, job that we were doing. And then we've been friends ever since, which brings me to then. Um, so this must have been like 2002, 2001 that we met. Uh, yes, because I, a little bit later, uh, 2002 or three when I was doing my MBA, 2002 yeah. probably. Yeah. So 
from there to basically you and I sort of made a leap. I was in a car corporate job back then after my MBA. You and I did the leap at the same time in the same studio. We, we signed up for the Yoga Works teacher training and we were both so excited. And um, so tell me about that moment, that pivot. What was that like from, and because you, you left your job, like you're, you left your stable paying, like <laughs> I have an insurance job to do this. Tell me about that. Um, and then just to also put that in, you were the one who convinced me to do the 200 hour because I applied for another program, which would have been six months and it would have been in the weekends, but then you were saying, no, no, let's just do this one. And, um, and I will come to the pivot part. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it's not always easy. It's, I don't think it's unattainable to follow your dreams. It might take longer or shorter, depending on um, personal circumstances. But um, I was able to talk with my husband and he was very supportive. I mean, I, that was very important from the get-go that he would be supportive of this new um, adventure. That was the only way I could do it. So, um, but in terms of my, what was happening in my head at the, at the time is as I mentioned that I just felt that I was not contributing to the well-being of the world. And I'm saying this without any kind of judgment of who, who works where, um, but in my particular specific case, I was in a very unfortunate work situation where there was um, just a lot of fighting, a lot of, um, you know, pushing everybody else down. If you stepped a little bit higher, then you pushed everybody down. And it was not a very healthy environment. And I noticed on myself that I started to show a lot of signs of stress. And, you know, at the time we had the Blackberries. And um, I would wake up, you know, looking at my Blackberry, going to sleep to look at the uh, Blackberry. You have those kind of competitions of um, who writes the earliest and who writes the latest emails. Oh, wow. They're <laughs> all so productive and that's how it's measured. And um, it was, I was burning out. And uh, again, because I was able to do this, have the support from home, um, it was it was absolutely life-changing. And the fact that we did the one month, I think that was really beneficial because it was really concentrated. So we really lived yoga teacher training and we dreamed about yoga teacher training. And we had a weekend of like um, uh, extensive uh, anatomy classes. And it was, it was just uh, really good to get all that in and then have the time. And then what I also appreciate about Yoga Works per se and chose that program as well, because I really felt that they were teaching in a way that allowed us to know what we needed to know to the next day after graduation, I felt confident to teach a class. Well, you were teaching before then. I can tell people that knowing that. <laughs> Yes, sure. So tell me about, so you just told us about how you felt in your old job versus jumping into the training. And then what comes up, like what was the contrast between being in the corporate world and then later on teaching yoga full time? Like what was that, what was happening for you there? I mean, it, I think there is a lot of um, freedom in that. Um, and it's a lot of creative freedom, but it's also, there is a lot of scare and be a lot of fear of how you're gonna do it. Um, when you are a teacher who teaches, let's say 15, 20 classes a week, there's a lot of driving involved, a lot of traveling involved. Um, I love all my classes. So being in the class, like it was very interesting and it has been since. Even if I have a bad day, 
even if I go to the studio that, oh, I wish I didn't have to teach today. Once I go into that space, once people start to show up, everything switches. And it's a very, I, I can't really explain it. Um, it's better than taking a yoga class because you know, when you take a yoga class, you will go through the asanas, hopefully you breathe. <laughs> And then when you end up in Shavasana and come out of Shavasana, you feel really relaxed because that's the whole structure and that's the whole mechanics of a, a good yoga class. But teaching a class gives you even a bigger high at the end. You just, um, I always feel so good when I see people, you know, coming up from Shavasana and then just they feel um, relaxed. They tell me they are relaxed. They feel better than they came in. It could be either physical or mental, emotional. And then that's what I was really striving for is to see that, that I'm changing, even if it's just a tiny bit, but I'm changing somebody's day. And then yoga is very sneaky because even if you just notice a little thing, a lot of things are starting to steep in. So if, even if somebody comes to yoga for a physical benefit, it's going to soon start to see other things as well. And then when people keep coming back to your class and you start to see them, dealing with life in a different way they share stories with you and you notice things that they are doing things from a more informed place a more authentic place that's worth everything and if their lives also changes um change for a better for the better that's that's all i want and i and one of my like sort of um uh, operative words is empowerment so whenever I teach, I even, even just the anatomy, we mentioned the anatomy, I always like to explain why we do what we do so that they understand that as well. Same with the energy body, same with the emotional body, um, so that they know why they react the way they do, why things open up the way they do. And then it also allows them to go home and then do the same thing. Or when it happens or something gets tight in their lives, they get stressed, then they can go to that tool from that understanding and then they can utilize that tool to feel better yeah clearly i mean as you're talking about this i can see you shining more and more <laughs> so as opposed to as you when you're talking about your corporate job things were like oh, yeah. yeah so um i love it and um i have felt the same way about yoga and practicing yoga and I had my own pivots along the way, which, you know, people following this podcast know about, but I want to talk about you and I want to talk about, um, you, your, um, you had a health issue that you dealt with a couple of years ago and you literally had your heart wide open. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I was born with a congenital heart disease. Um, I had a bicuspid valve. And uh, when I was pregnant, my ascending aorta also dilated. So um, we were alarmed that, you know, I am not going to be able to push. I already had my doula. I had everything planned out. And then they said that I cannot do that. I'm going to have to have a C-section. And, um, and then uh, kept monitoring it. Um, another uh, good thing, <laughs> my husband... Um, Husband's dad is a cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic. So we started to go there and uh, the doctor there said that, you know, within like four or five years, you most likely have to have to open heart surgery. So we have to replace the valve and then we have to put um, a graft in for your uh, aorta. 
and but had the baby everything was fine um and then we went back for our annual checkups and um, we were just talking about it i guess in 2017 (laughs) when we went back in the summer he told us that i have to have the surgery and i like you know how doctors think because he said oh it's not urgent but within three months (laughs) we need to schedule it (laughs) that felt very urgent to me but um so yes so we went there and uh, had the open heart surgery and uh, everything was fine and i think that i felt that i had a fast recovery Uh, one of the things is that when you have open heart surgery they can cut through the sternum fully that's a full sternotomy or they can uh, do this thing called mini sternotomy when they just open up the middle section so that the top and the bottom are intact and we did not know which one the surgeon is going to choose until the day before the surgery. And when he told me, because obviously I have read everything. I have talked to my uh, father-in-law, you know, we researched as much as we could. So I was really hoping for that minister anatomy at that point. Um, so when I learned that that's going to be a smaller cut, I, from then on, I had zero. I could, no, I didn't feel uh, nervous at all because uh, the big difference between the two that the healing time is much shorter or it's easier to heal because when you they cut your sternum through, then that could be movement. So there it's very hard um, to do anything or it's not suggested to do anything after the surgery, lifting your arms higher than this. That really was the hardest. You know me, I'm a doer. If I have to sit still, mm-hmm. that's really hard. If I have to rely on somebody, that's really hard for me. Um, so I was very glad about that. And as I said, everything went well. The team was amazing. My husband was amazing. The family was amazing. My son was less than five at the time. He was my only worry, basically. Um, and, but, you know, the thing is that, like, every step of the way, I was ahead of the average, like, way ahead. I mean, one reason is that I'm much younger than the usual patient who gets this surgery. Um, but also, I think it was partially my practice of yoga and meditation. Can I just say, you're also like one of the most positive and like appreciating people that I know. Like whenever you're in a situation, you're like, oh, I like this. I like that. Like, let me talk to this person. And you're also very good with uplifting yourself. Does that make sense? That's my next point, because I do believe that part of it was that I... Like, I was really honest, I was never scared. It was really hard to see my husband. Obviously, the caretaker, it's much harder for the caretakers, right? Like, he was really nervous, but um, I was in it. I decided to trust my team, my surgical team. I had nothing to do at that point. Like, I gave up my, my uh, control, and, and that's fine for me. I know it's not fine for a lot of people. Um, I have same issues with flying. I have never had any issues because I'm not the pilot. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. So, um, but absolutely, that was very important. And it came very naturally as well. And uh, for me, it was probably the hardest thing was not to push myself too hard. And also I'm coming to that, like the afterwards, the asking and receiving help. How was that for you? That was good because, again, I didn't need as help as I thought I would. Um, we, I have a friend who is about 10 years young, older than me, and she had her surgery 10 years before me, around the same age when I was. But hers was 10 years prior, so technology was not as good. She had to have the whole thing. And I remember we went to brunch to their house prior to the surgery, and all she and her husband <laughs> talked about how difficult it was and how much other people um, she had to rely on. 
So um, compared to that, that was in my head, this was really nice. I mean, a lot of really good things came out of this. Um, one is that I know how strong I am and my body knows how strong. I could have told you that. <laughs> you have to, these are the things you really have to experience these things for yourself. That's the, that's the journey. Yeah. Um, that I am loved and cared for. And, and not just my husband and son and, you know, the immediate family, but I mean, we came home from Cleveland and our neighbors built me um, a garden swing because I've been wanting that for a while and they built it so I can, you know, relax there. And um, they did a whole um, food train for a month, every single day, somebody brought us food. I mean, it was... Um, you know, if the, if the surgery did not open my heart, this certainly did. <laughs> so uh, it was an amazing experience. And I think it, we, we can talk about the hold of the connection, the physical body and energy body and Anahata chakra, your heart chakra and all that. But it certainly has shifted something in me. What exactly? I think that the, first of all, the trust I mean, my physical strength, I'm able to trust that because I healed from that pretty fast. And then just trusting my intuition, my heart, my core, my authentic self um, more. And that's, again, led me to then go back eventually to yoga, uh, do the health coaching. And then hopefully, you know, that's, that's my goal for the rest of my life to carry on on this path. But I felt that this was a little bit of a push from the universe um, to experience it because I felt vulnerable, obviously, <laughs> um, but that vulnerability uh, definitely leads to courage. Um, and, and I really, like Brene Brown, that's her whole thing about courage, is that you cannot be courageous unless you experience vulnerability, unless you are willing to put things down on the table and then put the pieces together. And again, for me, this is coming back metaphorically as well, because when they open you up, they like basically fillet you. <laughs> so then they have to put you back together. So I feel like um, I almost compared it that they like put in like some extra courage when they sewed me up. And, um, and that has been sort of um, leading me. And I feel that I trust my intuition more. I trust uh, my body more. Um, and I trust the, the people around me more in the sense that we all inherently want the same thing. We want to be happy and healthy. And health is very holistic. Like physically, obviously, you want to feel healthy, but it goes way beyond. And as we talked about, like my um, goal of doing yoga and doing health coaching is to empower people to find the same thing. Yeah. So that they can feel that they can, and then they can act from that place. So the, uh, which brings me to, so you did your health coaching certification after the surgery, right? Yes. So that was almost like another pivot for you. So uh, what does health coaching mean to you? What exactly, what do you do as a health coach? Um, so I chose the, I, I chose IIM Institute of Integrative um, uh, nutrition <laughs> um, because I actually have known now a lot of people who have completed this uh, school 
even at back when we owned the studio in DC, I had a couple of teachers who have completed it. And I have been, for the last 10 years, I have been thinking about it. And uh, I like the idea because it, it's, uh, it's not a nutritionist school. You get a lot of information about nutrition and you can learn more as much as you want. There is never a shortage of learning, but it's really focusing on a couple of um, main things. One is that the uh, founder Joshua Rosenthal coined the terms of primary and secondary foods. And then primary, secondary foods is actually the food you put in your body. And then primary foods are the other things that sort of surrounds you. It's your relationships, it's your career, it's your exercise, it's your home cooking, it's your creativity, it's your financial health. There is different things that come around in a circle that you can always look at. And then once you figure out where there is deficiency or less satisfaction, how does that affect your physical health? How does that affect your eating habits, exercise habits? and um, bringing everything together. That's the idea of our coaching style. There is also another um, term that he used called bio-individuality, which I love as well, because I'm sure people has gone on diets and then they would be like, uh, it worked for my neighbor, it didn't work for me, why? And then they do something different and the other results, the opposite results happen. And um, in the school, we believe that we are also different. So something that's good for me, and maybe it has been like the best superfood out there, might not be good for you. Or even just types of exercises that this is really um, serving me and it's nourishing me, but might not be good for you. So, you know, putting all these together and when I work with people, I work then with, work with people individually and also in groups, um, I really have to understand who they are because then I can sort of help them to understand them who they really are. And um, usually I offer our program is a six month program. So that's a long enough time that that transformation <laughs> can occur. And, um, and we just really work one-on-one um, -on -one is, is very exciting because then you, you can just use your toolbox because you know, somebody might need more help on the actual nutrition side, but somebody you realize that is struggling in their career and the end or, you know, anywhere else. And then you can, you can just really pick a lot of different things to help them with, but the work is on them. So I am there as a coach. I am there to um, help them to reach their own goals. So I'm coaching them with different ways to see themselves yeah. the way they should. Let's talk about one of the things you mentioned as we were getting ready for this is um, transformation versus information. What does that mean? Yeah, I like that too. Um, so the way the IIN program is structured, it's an online program. You get weekly modules and the modules include lectures, um, recorded lectures, and also um, reading materials. Um, there are also meetings, etc. But one of the lectures, we were, somebody was talking about um, this notion of transformation versus information, because I think by now, um, well-being and wellness has been so widespread and people know what they should and should not do. They know that they should be eating a lot of plants. They know that they should be eating fruit. They know they should be drinking soda. 
However, they shouldn't smoke or they should exercise. Um, they shouldn't be just sitting on the couch. They, everybody knows that. Most people know that, right? But what is that trigger point for you that is going to make that transformation? So that's the difference that you have all the information, but what is that going to turn into transformation? Yeah, I love that. And it's similar in my work uh, as an energy energy coach, energy healer, because it's the difference between you getting lost in your own chaos versus saying, okay, like, let's feel into this one part. Let's see what else might be in there. Let's see how you uh, recognize being triggered. Like, what's your tell? And then how do you go from there to empowerment? Uh, which brings me to, so um, in your current day-to-day -day life and in, in your now, so what is, are you going through it? Do you feel like you're going through another transformation? Do you feel like there are particular challenges? So what are the, the challenges and or the transformation that you're living with right now in your business and in your life? Absolutely. Um I think we continuously change. We have to remain flexible to change because, and, and that's my goal. And that's why I said that, you know, I'm on this path. This path is never going to end for me. There is so much opportunity to help people so many different ways. There is so much more to learn. Um, I'm interested in, you know me, I'm one of those people who have the stacks of book next to their bed. Um, so many things I'm interested in. So um, probably the challenge is to, to focus that, um, but we learned really wonderful uh, ways of uh, dealing with time management, which, which is really awesome. So I have been practicing that. So it's becoming less stressful and, and uh, does not um, trigger anxiety. What are you interested in these days? Oh, um, so I have um, finished the IIM course. So I'm looking into what's next, um, thinking of maybe doing um, a similar certificate with functional medicine, which sort of started it for me. I listened to Dr. Mark Hyman's uh, speech years ago, and then that's just sort of, sort of um, triggered down on this um, path. And then um, Ayurveda, which I have been studying for a while. And uh, I feel that it fits so well into what I do, into the whole bio-individuality with the doshas, the different constitutions of everybody. And um, I love learning about uh, the different um, ways of eating based on that and the foods and the herbs and the spices that you should be using, lifestyle, uh, waking cycle, so, you know, all of that. Um, uh, I'm also interested in essential oils. We use them at home a lot. Um, I also offer that to my clients. I offer them and use them in my yoga classes. I think that they are wonderful uh, things. I'm interested in um, herbs and gardening. So I do feel that everything fits within what I want to do. So it's not that, you know, I'm jumping and want to become a computer scientist or whatever that is, which is yeah, great I too. Love you with all this many, I want to come back to the challenges too, but with these, the, and I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch, a list, a wish list of retreats that I want to go, people I want to study with. But um, how do you prioritize? Um, I feel that again. I think it's it's a it's a testament to the program. Is that um, I was able to set up a nice schedule for me at this point. 
So as I mentioned, I teach group classes, private classes, health coaching clients. I have offered workshops. I have offered um, uh, group programs uh, that were a couple of um, events and I can talk about it specifically. And uh, with the sort of the continuous self-study of what works and what doesn't. So I know that things gonna shift and I'm completely fine with that. So that's another thing that sort of I eased into and listening to my gut and my intuition more is that sort of feel the directions where to go and I follow them. So um, that, that would look like maybe by the fall that I teach less group classes, yoga classes, and I will offer more uh, group health coaching classes. Um, it might mean that I'm gonna have more privates here. Um, I don't know yet, uh, but I'm okay with that because day by day, everything feels good and everything is feeding towards directions. Um, once you start really trusting the universe and what's out there, opportunities will come up and then you wouldn't even expect it. And sometimes don't even notice it or acknowledge it. And then suddenly it hits you in the face like, oh, you're open to making little adjustment, like making more time and space for whatever shows up for you that you're open to showing up. So you're open to say, okay, like maybe I can condense this a little bit. So there's more, a bit more time here. And by the way, you're also, you're, I mean, you're married, you're a partner, you have a son, you have a lovely, awesome dog. So <laughs> there's a lot going on outside of all of these things too. So what's the, what's the, the biggest challenge for you in, in all of this? Oh, any, any part of it, which, which part is the most challenging? I mean, the balancing for sure, um, because I chose not to go back to corporate work to be with my son. Um, and I really want to be with him, you know, like meaningfully, obviously. So uh, that's where the whole time management part comes in so that I'm able to do my work when, I'm not, when he's not with me. That's very important to me. Um, sometimes that is challenging <laughs> because sometimes there are emails to write and sometimes there are, you know, newsletter to write or this and that. Um, uh, so that we just sort of trying to figure out a good rhythm in that regard. And, uh, and then again, I mean, it's, I wouldn't think it's challenging. I mean, it's, could be a challenge, it could be called a challenge, but it's a good challenge. Again, just to keep clarifying my path is to where I'm headed. So what I wanted to mention that for us, for example, that group um, class or group class series, I taught uh, two different places back to back, uh, the 21 day cleanse. And uh, it was really successful. I really enjoyed it and the people really enjoyed it. And we are still in touch and planning to have dinners together and keep checking in. And I feel that was very transformative. They did get information they might not have known, but they have known a lot. But they, being together in groups, there is so much strength in that. Um, there is so much accountability, the ability to share your experience, share your hardships. I think that power is just wonderful. So experiencing that, I certainly want to build on it. And then it's just the challenges to figure out what that's going to exactly look like because people are asking for me to repeat it. And um, my, one of my goals is, uh, I mentioned I'm originally from Hungary 
is to start taking programs back there to Hungary as well. And because like you and I are talking right now, because of technology, I can be here and then people can be over there. And um, so that's one reason that I would like to also create things online that it can be available from whoever, wherever they are, but still have that notion of that I belong to this group. I can ask for help. I can share. I can have an accountability partner. And then we work together towards like a goal that, um, that is just really beautiful. Yeah. So when balance gets a little off, <laughs> when you're trying to juggle things and, uh, and you feel like something's got to give, what, what, how, do you, how do you tend to your balance? And then how do you take care of yourself? So um, again, because I have been on this journey for a while, I think by now I'm recognizing that for me, physical activity is very important. So I need to do something that moves my body. Um, I think it might be for my heart too, but one interesting thing is that I never liked hot yoga. I love hot yoga right now. Until my heart surgery. Yeah. (laughs) And so I have been going, I started a little bit before that, but since then it's, it's really just, I feel that there is still a lot of healing and cleansing happening and detoxifying. And obviously when you sweat so much, that's very real. And um, so that surprised me. And, but I gave in and I'm like, Ooh, I love this. Um, my sort of uh, complete anxiety killer is go outside. And um, that's another thing that I like to do is walking outside. Um, we do it with my family. We call it our church. <laughs> On Sunday, my husband, my son, and um, our dog, uh, we would go um, for a walk. There is a, where we live, there are lots of lakes and paths so that you can just really go out and walk. And, and I want to infuse my, our son as well with that kind of love of being outside. So that really helps. Meditation. So like first thing, um, I also heard this uh, somewhere. Somebody said that um, uh, your morning should be RPM. And it's not rate per minute, but it's rise, pee, meditate. <laughs> and that's been really awesome too, because it really sets your day off. And it doesn't have to be long. It's 10 minutes. You can do a guided meditation. And then, and then you feel so much more grounded and ready for the day. And then you can repeat that any time during the day when it gets tough. Mm-hmm. Um, breathing techniques. So, um, you know, when you are, something gets really stressful, you can sit, ground yourself, breathe. I teach that to my son as well. He does it too. He knows, you know, how. Um, so I feel that there are a lot of tools that I have been utilizing and as us as a family have been utilizing as well when things like that um, happen. And those are also tools I feel that I like to use because when I'm offering that to my clients, I really speak from experience. And I can tell them what to expect if you do this, um, like gratitude journaling. We have one next to my bed, and then before we go to sleep, all three of us would say, you know, what we are grateful for, and I write them down the different ones. And it's just also something that, again, puts things in perspective, also helps you to ground, and finding that balance again. You know, like, wherever is that imbalance, it's, it's going to help you to sort of come back to it, for sure. Yeah, I love that you, um, you wrote me one of your favorite ways of self-healing was you called it green exercise. Mm-hmm. 
as in not necessarily eco-friendly. I mean, it is that too, but being out in nature and doing your movement, your breathing and your meditation, possibly out in nature. So I love that. So, um, okay, here's a question. So you and I met like 18, 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> a little bit ago, yes. So when you think about yourself at that point in time, like 18 years ago, you just, I mean, you're starting your studies, you arrived in the US. And um, so what would you say to her, to that version of Frida? What would you say? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely to chill out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, being in DC, DC is really, as, as you know, and probably most people know, um, it's very high concentration of people with multiple degrees. There's a lot of um, intellectual power and really wonderful organizations to work for. Uh, but it's also a place where conversations start with, so where do you work? And uh, being in finishing grad school and then going into another grad school, working, you know, you sort of want to climb that ladder that corporate ladder, you want to get to that position, you want to get that title, you want to sort of prove yourself. And I certainly was one of those people. And, um, and I still want to prove myself, but everything shifted. So I would probably just tell to myself just to be patient. <laughs> and listen more, you know, uh, listen more to your intuition. And, um, and then just be okay with whatever comes up. And it might not look the way um, you would fit into that DC intellectual society that you think that you should fit in, um, it might look a very different way. And uh, at the time, you know, that was, that was something that I couldn't even imagine. And um, don't get me wrong, I learned a lot from, my, even from the last job uh, that I quit for becoming a teacher. Um, there were wonderful people there too. And, um, but I still felt that that's the only way that you have to be on nine to five and then you have to do certain things to get ahead. Um, uh, you know, jobs that you might not like or you feel bored or stressed or um, deal with people who are not so nice. And so probably I would tell myself to just, just trust, you know, what's here. And, um, and then also I think sometimes we surround ourselves with people that we think are good for us. And then just trust yourself in that too, that you don't need to be friends with somebody. You don't need to associate yourself with somebody because again, it sort of um, looks good on paper. Like again, trust yourself that you are gonna open up your space, allow people in who are truly um, building you up, who are truly allowing you to be you and then help you on that path that you, you, need, to, you need to find. But I think it's really hard also when you're in your 20s and, um, and, uh, and I think it's just, again, and the, the mind should, mind sh uh, I feel like that uh, mindset is shifting much more today. Um, uh, people find work and find the self-realization um, in different ways. Um, but definitely that would have been something to just relax, open, allow, and then just trust. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Trust, chill out. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Trying to think sure. what I would say to myself. 
I might have said just yeah, go to yoga. I could have gone a little earlier. <laughs> I could have not that I would change anything, but I I see myself at that position. I could have used it. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you know, um, if if I can just interject, um, I think the biggest thing is that even today, our value um, a lot of times is measured by of the money you make, the title that you have, the company you work for, the house you live in, the possessions that you have. And people have a really hard time letting go of this idea that, you know, um, unless I have all these different things, I am not successful. But they're not realizing the price they are paying for that. Because, you know, when you work so hard, when you stress, most of the chronic diseases are stress-related. It starts there. Again, that's like where it's, that's the seed. And then you're going to start to, um, uh, to do behaviors that are not good for you, be it again, like at work, nutrition, exercise, um, you don't know how to release that stress and it's just not worth it. And I think that's something that when I talked about, so the whole empowerment is for people to realize that. And that there is, a, there is a different way of living and there is a really different way of joy and appreciation and contentment and happiness that you can attain. And again, I'm not saying that you need to quit your job, not at all. But those things that you can incorporate of, you know, journaling, of going outside, of um, doing yoga or any other work exercise that works for you, of um, cultivating relationships that are truly benefiting you and benefiting the other person. So um, I think that that is the mindset that we are shifting towards. And my goal or my sort of um, vision and mission is to help people to find that. And it goes back to that bio. Everything is circular. It goes back to that whole bio-individuality. So for somebody, they're truly happy in that CFO, CEO position. And we don't want to touch that. We need people like that. But we want to help them to then round it out on those other slices of that pie that can help them to feel holistically full and happy and healthy. And I think that's, that's really actually not unattainable. And with, with tools and practices, people can, people can certainly do that. Yeah, I like that. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about like people shifting from different professions into more healing arts, but it doesn't always have to be that way. You could be perfectly suited to do what you're doing already yes. or perfectly suited to do the next thing you would be doing. So it's figuring out what works for you, what's best for you and for your soul gifts. Absolutely. Your unique soul gifts to shine. Which brings me to Rita, tell us more about where to find you and um, your programs and your very generously offering a free health history and also some uh, discounts. So tell us more. Absolutely. So um, my website is, and I can just put that there. So this is my <laughs> Blue Lotus Wellness and it's www.brewlotuswellness.me. So it's me, which I think was kind of funny when I picked it because um, .com was not available. But I thought it was how awesome it's not available because it's going to be about me. Whoever comes to be to me, it's going to be about them, right? So it's really about that person who comes um, to find me. So that's my website. And um, people can find uh, my information, my uh, group class um, schedule. 
if anybody wants to have a private even through um, the internet, one form, WhatsApp, Skype, Zoom, any of that, again, that is available, um, certainly just send me an email or contact me. Um, uh, same with health coaching. And I also, uh, as I said, please stay tuned because there will be a couple of online programs coming up and uh, would love people from all over for that. And I'm also leading a retreat coming up in May here in West Virginia. Beautiful place. And I think we have like four places left at this gorgeous, it's called Casa Om, um, this gorgeous retreat center on the River Potomac in the woods. And it's going to be all about rejuvenation um, for spring. So if somebody would like to come to that and finds me through you, they would get 10% off from Yay. that weekend as well. Maybe you should come down. Um, and yes, so, uh, and if somebody would like to do a private class with me, either yoga or a health coaching appointment, then they would get a 10% off as well. Perfect. And then we're going to put details for a free health history with you. How long is that? Is it, um, how many pages? I mean, oh, the meeting itself is 50 minutes. Okay. So we will, uh, put some information about that for one of our listeners who listens to this and hopefully loves it and shares it with others in their social media, uh, and then comments with a heart, single heart, uh, we'll be working with Rita on their free health history and we'll put some you know, information about all of that. But um, Rita, you're also on Facebook and Instagram, right? I am on Facebook and Instagram, yes. Yes. And this is my name, Rita Maximena Passi, um, on, on Instagram and on Facebook as well. I am not super tacky uh, savvy, but <laughs> working on it. But you can certainly, certainly find me there too, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's always fun to see you. Like I said, you're one of those people who I um, know has this light in them and you're, you're very, very good with sharing that and also creating communities around like a common healing and wellness goal. So I appreciate you so much. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. This My life. Really lovely. And I can only just give the same, um, uh, attributes back to you. Um, you are like yourself. And so. I might see, I might see you in DC this um, May or June sometime. That would be really nice. Is for sure. You are <laughs> little yearly travels. <laughs> little travels. But I want to say to everyone who's listening, thank you so so much for tuning in. If this conversation touched you in any way, please stay in touch. You can sign up to my email list at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com to hear more about upcoming episodes. You can go to adropofom.com and see existing episodes and listen for inspiration and to learn more about other healing arts and healing opportunities. I also want to invite you to, while you're at adropofom.com, I have this beautiful free resource. It's called 12 Questions to determine your energetic wounds. Energetic wounds are anything that are between you and living a beautiful, healthy, vibrant life. And I always say, I put everything I know about energetic wounds in this resource. As I know more, I'm gonna put more. So that it's a very comprehensive uh, survey for you to go in and see what your energetic wounds might be. Again, you can find that at edropofom.com. And thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you, Rita. Thank you, Damla. Thank you, everybody.